I feel like this is an episode that's going to require a lot of typewriter bells. I don't know why. Pens. And, <laughs> and moonshine. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Erasable Podcast. On hosting duty tonight, I am Johnny Gamber, and I am joined, literally, as always, by Andy Welfley. Tim is on vacation this week, but we are lucky enough to be joined by Elaine Koo, our pen expert friend from Jet Pens, and also the talented artist and calligrapher behind the lovely OwlInc.com. How are you folks tonight? Very good. Hi, hey, Elaine. Everyone. Hey. That's, hey. I'm excited to have you on. I think we've talked about this for a while, Elaine, but... I am I very like excited this... to be here. I uh, It's timely because I just finished catching up pretty recently, so it's good to be on the show now. Yeah. Duty Yay. calls. <laughs> this is like adventurous territory for me. I don't know much about pens. Yeah. So so I, I guess some background for everybody listening at home. Um, if uh, you are in – if you follow CW Pencils at all, they had a um, – sampler pack recently that is curated by brad dowdy of uh, the pen Attic fame um and uh he basically came out with a list of pencils for pen people and it's kind of interesting how he like interprets the characteristics um so we were like hey what if we had an episode of pens for pencil people so um now we'll have to like uh campaign to get like jet pens or somebody else to like carry these as a sampler pack so Ooh, that's, that's fantastic that's really why we invited you on here lane yeah, if only we knew someone from Japan. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> well, that's, we do have a lot of samplers because we do want people to try things. And sometimes there's just that kind of paralysis where you're like, oh, like, what should I get? So yeah. we'll see. Maybe, maybe we will do a, a pens for pencil people <laughs> sampler. We have a friend who calls it analysis paralysis. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> true. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> cool. So before we start talking about, um, ding me out if I if you have to think <laughs> from enemy territory. Why don't we start with? I usually usually do with tools of the trade, and it's okay to talk about pens this time. <laughs> I suppose you want to go first, Andy. Sure. Um, I am. Um, what have I been digging lately? Um, I have been watching the new Star Trek, which I think we talked a little bit about last time. Um, it's really excellent. I just I've just caught up on the Orville, which is did we talk about that last time? I the don't what? remember the Orville, like Orville, like Orville Redenbacher, <laughs> Orville Wright. Um, I'm getting hungry. It's a it's a basically kind of like a Star Trek ish parody by Seth MacFarlane, who does Family Guy, and it's sort of like Family Guy set in space, except it's way better than Family Guy, and the production values are like almost. Like the the pacing and everything feels really um, similar to Star Trek: The Next Generation. So, if you're somebody who started watching the new Star Trek Discovery series, kind of like hoping that you were going to get another Star Trek: The Next Generation, you're going to be disappointed because it's not. It's a much different show. But you should watch the Orville because it feels so much like it. It's really good. They're both really great shows. So, watching those, and we are um, currently rewatching um, Parks and Rec, which is. Just one of my favorite shows of all time. I've never seen a single episode of that show. Uh, it's so good. You should watch it. Um, I didn't it, finish it, but it is a very good yeah. show. Yeah. If you want to know what it's like to sort of live in like a 
medium-sized town in Indiana. Like, it's surprisingly accurate. It does a really good job. <laughs> so besides that, I am drinking um, an old Overholt uh, rye whiskey on ice with just a splash of water. Um, it's a brand mm. I've never really known anything about. I just bought it because it was like a super cute bottle. And I am wearing um, my first flannel shirt of the season. It's like in the low 60s here in San Francisco. Um, I bet you miss Bay Area weather, Elaine. I do. I'm, I am also wearing my flannel, but it's because it's like 50-ish here, which is cold to me. Yeah. Uh, from you, California. <laughs> Elaine uh, grew up in the Bay Area. She lived in San Jose, and she recently moved to upstate New York. So it's a little bit of a change. Big change. Yeah. <laughs> So and I am right. Yeah, I am writing in the spirit of our our topic. I am writing with a Baron Fig uh, experiment squire, which is my favorite squire and one of my very favorite pens of all times. Um, and I'm writing in my Baron uh, my, my Baron Fig, my Field Notes dime novel edition. So nice. Yeah. How about you, Johnny? So I haven't been reading anything lately, which is terrible. So I'm gonna gloss right over that. Um, so I talked about Poldark, and it turns out that. If you have a PBS passport and an app like a Roku or something, you could just straight up watch all of season three hmm. after the first episode dropped. So I feel like such a VIP because I've already seen it all. Oh, so Johnny, like, you feel the promos like, sorry, I, I have a, I have a, sorry, I have a recommendation for you on, um, on the PBS like PBS Ooh. app. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it is a mini series i th- no it's not a mini series because they just started season two we watched the first episode it's called the durls in corfu oh that was in the newsletter that looks awesome it's very it's very charming to catch up yeah so we just started watching mindhunter on netflix mm. that just came out did you guys see this it's getting a lot of press i've heard a lot about it yeah it's really really good so we watched it last night and um the younger male lead was sort of throwing me off with his voice. I'm like, his voice is just like really creeping me out. And it's the guy that did Kristoff um, on Frozen. Hmm. So that explains why he's giving me the willies when he talks about, um, you know, serial killers. <laughs> so speaking of serial killers, there's a new Marilyn Manson album that came out two weeks ago. <laughs> so that might be distasteful. But if you're a moderate Marilyn Manson fan, it's really good. Except that, well, not except. There's a song that's called We Know Where You Effing Live. And, you know, they reference global surveillance and a lot of stuff like that. And I just keep thinking about the most famous address in the world, you know, being on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm like, how did they release this as a single when it's like this weird threatening song about guns saying we know where you live and, you know, where that person lives? (laughs) Chilling. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, also, it has a funny video with nuns and guns. Hmm. Being that's a Catholic it. school survivor, I like that. <laughs> it's, that's pretty good. My mom used yeah. to get this uh, wall calendar every year that it was called Nuns Having Fun. And it was <laughs> all of these old photos from, like, black and white photos from, like, mid-century of, like, nuns doing things like riding a Ferris wheel or, like, smoking or, or something. And it was always so funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the last Manson album was sort of mature. This one's, you know, loud. Yeah. But, um, you know, loud is good. Henry likes it, as he does. I'm moving on. <laughs> so I'm using a Big Crystal Fine. The orange-bodied, opaque ones that you can buy from the UK that are made in France and are, like, the best damn pen. 
hmm. on a moleskin, the Marauders map edition of from Harry Potter. Hmm. So yeah, have Oh, and I'm drinking some moonshine that my brother made, and wish that I drank a smaller glass because <laughs> it's weeknight. Yeah. So how about you, Elaine? Okay, for what I'm uh, what I'm drinking, I'm drinking a cider. Um, since Andy mentioned I'm recently moved from California to upstate New York, and one of the things that I found is that cider is a much bigger deal here than in California. I feel like Californians are all about their IPAs or, or their yeah. beers, but over here there's like cider for days. So I've been enjoying that. Um, I uh, Some other things that I've been digging, I recently started listening to. Is it okay to talk about other podcasts? Yeah, that's podcasts? fine. That's why we do it all the time. <laughs> I recently started listening to a new podcast called Ologies. I don't know if anyone out there has listened to that one, but it's basically where uh, there's a comedian named Allie Ward, and then she goes around interviewing people who work in different ology fields. And so there was um, one on gemology, horology, um, volcanology, and she basically just interviews these professionals about their kind of obscure jobs and what they entail so i was thinking like what sort of stationary related ology might she touch on if she was to venture into the stationary world and i was thinking like i don't know if there's is there an ology for pencils pencilology plumbology plumbology graphology graphology i know graphology is like the study of handwriting like what your handwriting says about you so maybe that's one that she would get into. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, it's really great. It's like, I mean, I've learned so much about obscure things like volcanology that I never would know. And I feel like that's that's the great thing about podcasts. Volcanology, of course, is the study of, of uh, Commander Spock from Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. It's yeah. a study of volcanoes. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yep. And then um, other pop culture things. I just finished catching up on Rick and Morty. Um, and we'll be impatiently waiting for the next season to come out in two years or however long it takes them. Did you, uh, did you get in line and wait for your Chezwan sauce packets? Uh, packets <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was not one of those. Uh. Did you guys see the Rick and Morty um, Simpsons couch gag that was on last year? Yes. Yes, I did. That was really good. I don't think I saw, I don't think I saw that one, but. I think I, it was... I, I kind of a, I'm a recent viewer of the show, and so some of the like crazy fan stuff, I'm like, I don't quite get that yet, but it's a fun show. I enjoy it. It's a, um, I think it was on that interdimensional cable episode, wasn't it, Johnny? I'm sorry. That that couch gag. It was on during the international, like interdimensional cable episode. Oh, I don't even remember. Okay, yeah. That, that was I didn't know what it was at first. That's that's the limit of my exposure to Rick and Morty. Yeah, I it's one of those shows that I like. I like and I feel bad about it because there's so many like <laughs> neck beardy like bros who <laughs> who watch it. There's some kind of weird stuff associated with yeah, it. Yeah, but and, there's also a lot of like really great character yeah, development going on in that show. Absolutely, yeah, and and they have like really interesting advanced like sci-fi tropes, like a lot of like mm-hmm. interesting like multiverse type things and somehow that got translated into like oh rick and morty like you have to have an iq to fully appreciate like i have a high iq to fully appreciate rick and morty which i don't think is true but i i think that was like the logical step it make it makes you feel smart when you watch it so i think that's a dan Harmon thing oh, 
always felt that way about community. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's one of the shows that I've been watching. Um, I've also been watching. I think um, Andy, you mentioned this like a couple episodes back, but I uh, just caught up on uh, Master of None as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good show. Yep. And then, yep. Um, so that's what I've been digging recently. And then, in terms of writing, uh, the most writing that I do is stuff for work, and so. My everyday work supplies are I have this big yellow legal pad, like not not even like a nice one, like one of those giant ones that you get in like a pack of three because I burn through paper on that so quickly. I write everything down on there, like so, like stuff from suppliers or like, oh, I need to follow up with this thing, with this person. And so I have a big yellow legal pad. And then for my pens, I have a Signo and a High Tech C. So two fan favorites, even people in the pencil world probably recognize those yeah those names i and then I, I do have one pencil i currently using a general cedar point but that one switches nice. pretty often i i like you said you said sino not signo no it is signo yeah like signature oh oh you said sig- okay yeah i i never knew like i've heard so many like back and forth pronunciations but i'm gonna i'm gonna use you as an authority yeah, we we looked it up. Someone asked us that too because I think Brad says Sino. Yeah, and I don't yeah. remember what Mike says, but we did look it up. And then um, in the in the catalog, it like the how you would translate that the Japanese, it is like Sig with a hard G. Hmm. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> cool. So I've been mis I've been mispronouncing it correctly all that time. You've been saying Signo. Yeah, I always say Signo. When then when Brad said that, I was like, I'm saying it wrong, but I couldn't get myself out of it. No, no, you you were correct. Just think, it's like signature. Yeah, you don't I, say signature. Signature. <laughs> get your signature right here, uh, Elena. I've I've noticed that this pen that you sent to me years and years ago uh, is now sort of the new hotness. That um, that Signo white pen. Oh yeah, yeah, those are great. I've been I noticing I that to you to use like in the. On the inside cover of a field notes. Yeah, yeah, I had like a dark. Like I think that. I think it was like my night sky field notes, and I yeah, like had one of some, the dark covered ones. Yeah, I had some like really crappy white pen that I was using, and and Elaine was like my like my enabler, so she was like, "Please use this," and so she sent it to me, and it's so good. And I've yeah, I feel like I've Signet White is great. That yeah, is a great, great pen. I feel like people have been like really into it on on the social media as of late. It's because of Inktober. That's why. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh you yeah. Ink- I forgot about Inktober. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to ding that out, guys. That's a bad word here. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Should we go into fresh points? If you're gonna ding it. Can I say something else? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first, Mr. Andy? Sure. Um, we got a lot of good stuff this week. Yeah. Especially number four. Number four, my butt. <laughs> I don't know how that got there. <laughs> Apparently, there's a middle schooler who has access to the Google Doc. <laughs> it was Tim. <laughs> yeah, Tim is Tim is just haunting us. Hey, Tim, we love He's you. Not here, we miss Everything you, Tim. Tim's fault tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh man, so the first thing we should talk about is like one of the like something I've super excited about. Like I've I've been like this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time, but. Uh, Baron Fig just came out with, um, it was kind of a joint quarterly release of their Archer and of their Vanguards. And it's called the School Set. And the Vanguards are really great. They have like, you know, a classic um, kind of like dappled um, composition notebook cover. 
Um, there's a really good review of it on uh, Comfortable Shoe Studio on Les's blog. Um, did Ledfast do it too? Yep, he did um, yeah. two parts. Yep, he did he did that too. Um, I think re- D did too on Weekly Pencil. Of the of the composition notebook? I think both. Okay, I need to... Don't quote me on that. I need to catch up on my blogs. Um, so the notebook is really <laughs> great. Um, it's just your basic Vanguard. It has a really great um, lined inside. Uh, they do like the double lined kind of top. Um, and yeah, it's just really beautiful. It works really great. Um, it looks just like a composition notebook. It's not maybe a true one because it doesn't have like the cardboard cover with the with the taped edge. Um, it's so good. Um, I like it a lot. But the thing that really, really, really shines to me is that pencil. Um, it is a um, kind of kind of an ode to um, to a Ticonderoga. It's like a classic yellow school pencil. Um, it has a green like cap on it, like uh, archers do. And what I really love is they just down the side they just have um, they just went for it. They they use kind of like a Ticonderoga ish font, and it says like Baron Fig Archer pencil, and it yeah it looks amazing. They they did a, such a good job of sort of like taking that classic yellow pencil look and putting um, just like the Baron Fig spin on it. So um, it's it's an archer like it's it's better quality. I think it's not crumbly like the Snakes and Ladders one. Um, it's more like the prismatic and the the original in that yeah it seems like they get quality control back up to snuff but have you Johnny I know you have a set Elaine you haven't you don't have a set of this do you No I don't I do have a few pencils that you gave me at some point in time though Yeah Yeah they're oh they're so good um it they're was super fragrant I feel like more than y- the other ones Yeah yeah they they smell really good it's I guess I wonder if there were some delays to it because it didn't really come out of back to school time. They should have released it like a month earlier. But And there was a peak of it in an, um, an Instagram story they had like maybe a yeah. whole month ago. Yeah, it was people were thinking it was like a Green Bay Packers tribute or something like that because they saw the colors. Um, no, it was it was so good. I, I don't think anybody guessed that it was going to be like a like a tribute to a like a yellow school pencil or Ticonderoga or anything, but yeah, I loved it a lot. So, um, yeah, so good job, Baron Fig. Um, they just came out with a really great, um, new squire that I don't know a lot about, but it looks, looks really cool. It's spooky. It has a little ghost on it. It's cute. It's a specter, which like sounds a lot like squire. So I feel like people are going to get confused, but whatever. Um, Inspector. Yeah. It's a specter. Ga- <laughs> it's a specter gadget. Yes. Um, yeah. Speaking of Baron Fig, uh, right now as we speak, uh, Joey is speaking at the Adobe Max conference. He's on a panel about design entrepreneurs, and um, the host of the panel is a guy who worked a designer at Adobe who is the guy who did the Baron Fig unfinished notebook. Koi Vin is his name. Um, if if they save that anywhere, I think. Um, I think they probably will. I'll put a link in show notes. So if I can, should watch Joey talk about being the CEO of a small company and how Baron Fig got started. Yeah, the pic that you posted was awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was a just a line of like designers on at this table, and everybody the the top the front of the desk was completely empty except for a lone yellow um, uh, Vanguard notebook in the middle, and I'm guessing some sort of a sheath for a pen, but. He kept uh, he kept fiddling with it while he was talking. It's awesome. Uh, last fresh point I wanted to mention is 
did we I don't remember if we actually talked about this on the podcast, but we definitely talked about this in the group. Um there is a um knockoff Blackwing now. And uh Oh no. Yeah. Um are you familiar with Tiger, that store in Europe that it's like a dollar store but like European? It's like um I don't think so. It's like Daiso if Daiso was like decorated like IKEA. If you can imagine that. So um, <laughs> they've, they have, I've, I have a few other pencils that they sell. It's just like, they're usually pretty cheap and they look good. Um, they're really nice. This one is, has a Blackwing Feral on it. And somebody ran into it and posted it in the group. And I managed to get a hold of a pack, um, even though there's no Daiso. There's one in New York City and the rest of them are in like England or Europe, I guess. But uh, yeah, they they're super grabby pencils. The cores are super off center. Um, the eraser instead of like, or the the ferrule instead of being like, you know, the barrel being kind of sanded down and the, it glued on, it is just sort of like squished down on it, so it falls off pretty easily. Um, what's interesting is the ferrule is the dimensions are exactly exactly like the Palomino Blackwing, so I'm guessing that they probably. I was talking about it with Mike Hagen and with Toffer a little bit, and Toffer brought up the idea of, have you ever heard of like midnight manufacturing or like night shift manufacturing, where some factories in like, you know, China or Bangladesh or Thailand or like that are a little less like regulated than others, um, people will come in and just like moonlight on the factory floor and like produce the things and then sell them kind of on the side. And I have- What? It's it's a th- I like this idea. Yeah, it's how you get a lot of like knockoffs out there in the world. Um, and I have Genius. zero. I have zero idea if that was the case here. I have no no idea at all. Um, and I was actually harboring. I was like, do you suppose that like Blackwing sold these to them? I can't imagine. So I <laughs> I emailed um, uh, Alex from pencils dot com and or from from Blackwing, and he says that like no, they didn't have anything to do with it. They sent Tiger cease and desist. So. Uh, yeah, they are not. These are not officially endorsed by uh, by Blackwing. So if you have access to any of these, you should pick some up because they won't be able to run for very long. Just to have as like a, a memorabilia, like don't actually use them because they're super crappy. Do they say Blackwing <laughs> on them? Nope they they have that same kind of like matte dark finish, the same as the MMX, but all it says. Let me grab it here. All it says on it is HB in huh. gold. That's all. That that's the only. Only thing on it. And the metal and the ferrule is a little bit golder. And the eraser uh, looks about the same, I would say. And then the clamp is just about the same. So, yeah, this thing is like, yeah. Oh, I can't stress how awful it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that is that is it for me for Fresh Points. How about you, Johnny? So um, the pencil stores are opening back up. Yay! For folks that are in our group, I think like Friday is that right? I can't remember what they said. Yeah, something like that. So I was supposed to be going to Boston um, tomorrow, and I'm obviously not. So I think I'm going to head up there uh, early next month. Hell so yeah. are any folks also going to go hit the store up? Um, I mean, next time I make it. Six hours on a flight out there, I will totally go there. See, uh, you should get there before me because I'm bringing Henry, so there might not be a store left. 
I think we should do a crowdfunding campaign to do a live erasable recording from CW Pencils. Hells yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we could we could perhaps get them to stamp some pencils for the event. Boom. <laughs> Fantastic. That would be amazing. Yeah, so if any if anyone who's listening is headed up the second weekend of November, maybe we could do a little coffee meetup or something. Elaine, how far are you from, children. from New York City? Um, I'm about three and a half to four hours away. I was actually just in New York City last weekend, and I think the store was closed. Hmm. You should. Yeah, I totally thought about stopping to come by back because I usually, yeah, I usually every time I've been to New York City, um, the the two previous times I've been there, I always stopped by and said hi to Caitlin and Carolyn. But this time, well, it was also a really short trip, so I didn't have as much wiggle room. But yeah, I think the store was also closed at the time that I was there this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can't remember when they're opening, but yeah, they're just like starting to get the um, get the facade up on the new building. Um, yeah. It looks a lot larger. Yeah. I think she said it was like 600 square feet as opposed to the, you, you know, the, the old like 200 square feet. And um, yeah, she was talking. She was on um, Harry Marx's podcast covered Um and she talked a little bit about the store. So I, apparently there's going to be a few little surprises, like little, like different stations. Um, and I think she said they have a basement. So they're going to move their, like their, their office and like fulfillment area underneath the store. So that's really cool. Yeah. There's a loft bed they're putting in. It's for me. You're just going to stay there. <laughs> I'm going there to live. Okay. <laughs> this is what you do with a philosophy degree. <laughs> you live in a pencil store. You <laughs> You're like you just live there. I don't even work there. I'm just gonna live there. Yeah. I'm not gonna help. I'll vacuum. <laughs> oh, good. I'll get everybody coffee. If if they don't know like something, they're gonna like shout up to the the loft like, "Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Johnny!" And the usual response would be like, "I have no idea." <laughs> yeah. So um, we did our usual, our usual, our quadrannual annual is that a right the right way to put it four times a year our seasonal release review and right notepads wasn't out yet mm. so now it's out so what do you guys think of the new right notepads which they call the fingerprint edition have you seen it elaine i have not not yet i i like it, it as very divisive i like it aesthetically i like it as sort of like a style but I don't think I like it as a notebook for me to use, right? Like, I I guess I appreciate, like, what he was going for, and it has kind of, like, a mid-century look to it. Um, somebody mentioned, uh, what's his name? Um, Eames as kind of an inspiration. Somebody else mentioned, I can't remember what else. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but, like, it's just a little, like, intricate for my usual interests. Yeah, oh, so for folks that don't know what it looks like, um, it's a white notebook. And they um, they cut off, like, what are they, about an inch, three-quarter of an inch wooden dowels and mm-hmm. dipped them in black ink, put them in dots, and then did one red one. And then they made that into a letter, a plate for a letterpress machine and stamped them all. Yeah. So, and then the paper inside's blank, and it comes in a really interesting-looking box with a red sticker sealing it. And, you know, Chris geniusly made it so you can't reclose really it. So you have to use your <laughs> notebooks. Which is cool. 
And I, there was a little, there was a surprise that nobody's figured out yet, and which is surprising. I guess people aren't opening their boxes. I opened my but box. I, I took them out. I'm not supposed to say anything, so okay. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I did not get the surprise. I only know about it because I saw it. I, I feel like thematically, it's a really interesting addition because it's like a huge break from what he usually does. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a tribute to like something concrete or specific. It's not even like a tribute to like something abstract, like an era necessarily. It's just like some cool thing that he wanted to do. So it's, it's kind of more like, like pure designy, like pure aesthetics. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's just like, they're just a really cool looking sketchbook. Yeah. My only gripe is that the cover stock is so heavy it makes the book really stiff mm. for opening and closing. You really got to to uh, break the binding in on this one. It smells but, it smells you know, really good. It smells really like a print shop, like his um, yeah, the Royal Blue Edition. And there were no pencils this time, which was which, disappointing. Yeah, that was super disappointing. I, I haven't talked to him. It could very well be the, that um, Musgrave screwed something up because they have delayed one year release because of Musgrave. Mm. Not getting the pencils in time. Yeah. But that was also the release where they had cedar and they were really nice pencils. Yeah. So, it, you know, it balanced out. I know they were they had a different idea in line for fall that they scrapped or put on the back burner for a while. That would have been super awesome. Hmm. Now I'm putting my foot in my mouth. Yep. Anyway. Don't, uh, so, um, don't say anything you can't finish, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So uh, also at Write Notepads, they for, they have um, a thing on their website where they have notebooks for the different boroughs of New York. And for a little while, they were doing that for Maryland. And there's one for um, the neighborhood where I used to live called Hamden that was sort of bizarre looking. There was, I think they made like one batch for one shop. And then they did some for Fells Point, famously uh, Frederick Douglass and the uh, Baltimore Clipper. Uh, ships hmm. manufacturer so um that was actually frankie's my first date which was 20 years ago on the fourth so chris hooked me up with the notebook from their archives from fells point i'm much a nice shout out for mr chris yeah also so i showed up down there and chris is outside with drinking out of like a big gulp with no straw i'm like damn and then i come up and it's not a big gulp it's a cup of coffee that's like you know 40 or 50 ounce cup of coffee damn awesome i didn't know they made such a thing (laughs) i learned two things that day this is america and in america we're known for our big drinks no matter what yeah there was a a crossover yesterday Vito, our our, uh, friend from um story supply company was in baltimore hmm Yesterday or the day before, they stopped by to get a piece of equipment from Right Notepads, a saddle stitcher. Hmm. Did you get to meet up with them? No, they, they came in and came out. But Vito is the um, Poet Laureate of York, Pennsylvania, which is not far from here. Really? So you know, one of these days we're all going to get together and drink beer and brag about it on the internet. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but they're, they're, um, they're in downtown York, apparently. There are a lot of good beer joints around there. But it's too far to drive if I have had beer. So I have no what concept of how do? big. Yeah, I have no concept of how big York is. York's weird, really weird. My wife is from York, and you could tease her about it when you see her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so also, I don't know if this was in our group or other groups, but apparently you can get Loic terms 
at Home Goods, TJ Maxx, and Marshalls, super cheap yeah. right now. Huh. So I ran out last night and found some soft cover pocket ones for four ninety nine. Good deal. You can also get so, moleskins uh, at TJ Maxx. I've seen them. I almost picked <sighs> some up. They have like I the s- little, the little like traveler's notebook size one, the slim A five size. Hmm. It was oh, very nice. tempting. I saw two um, superhero themed ones yesterday at um, TJ Maxx for seven ninety nine for the large one, which was a crazy steal. I left them there for someone who is dorky enough to want that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm moving. My, my last fresh point is that I poached Harry for one post on Pennsylvania. Harry put up a very nice article about the timber twist. I realized that, and we talk about, you know, the bullet pencils so much on the podcast. I don't think I've ever mentioned owning a handful of them on uh, the blog before. And, you know, Harry's Harry. So it was a really, really awesome post. I was really happy to be able to put that up. His review on my blog was better. I don't know, man. We're gonna fight about this. Like we fought over Volume One. I, th- I think. I think what this Check is. Typewriter bail out. <laughs> I think what what this is is Harry just needs to have his own blog because. I know. He's, uh, yeah, he doesn't need one. He can travel. It's fine with me. I w- I would read the crap out of that blog. <laughs> no, I, I teased him. I was like, "What? No love over here." Yeah, he's like, well, "I was at Target today. I got a message. I'm like, sweet." <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have. How about you, Elaine? Um, my my freshest point is has been touched on earlier is that I moved from California to upstate New York. I now live in the southern tier area of New York, and so I guess one of the things that I sort of wanted to talk about was the difficult process. And Andy probably understands me very well on this of moving a growing stationary collection halfway across the country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I already had a pretty sizable pen, pencil, watercolor, art stuff collection, even before working at Jet Pens. And since working there, it's just kind of ballooned. I can't even imagine. Even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. And so, um, I was kind of limited in what I could fit into suitcases and I ship my car over here, like on one of those, those like mm. cars that carries other cars. Yep. <laughs> and so I shipped it over here. And so I was kind of limited to what I could stick in the car. And so it kind of became like, this KonMari, you know, from the, from that one book, the life-changing magic of tidying up. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a KonMari process where I had to like pick up each pencil and be like, does this spark joy? <laughs> and <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, create piles of oh, these are the ones that I use all the time, and these are the ones that I kind of use, and and these are the ones that I love, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna donate because I did end up donating some stuff like um, the. The public library in San Jose will take donations of pencils, color pencils, art supplies, markers, that sort of thing. Oh, that's fantastic. So I did, yeah, so I did donate some stuff, but yeah. there was also some, some other things that I, I, wasn't just, I just wasn't quite ready to let go yet. And so that was quite a, quite a process. Um, it, it was pretty funny because I feel like anytime you move, you start out pretty organized at first. You have everything in little boxes, and then by the time you're like you know, a day before the move, you're just kind of throwing things yeah. into like canvas bags and like just cramming things where there's space. So the first, the first box I packed had all my pens and pencils sort of neatly lined and, or like I rubber banded some together. And then by the end, I think I was just like, is there like three millimeters of space? I'll drop a pencil in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, will this box close? Okay. It still closes. Let me throw another washi tape in there. 
And so that's pretty <laughs> much how I got my stationery collection from California over here to New York. And um, it's the unpacking has been another process because I like like I mentioned I have like one pencil here and like one washi tape and like the box of kitchen stuff. And so as I unpacked, I would randomly find stationery <laughs> uh-huh. like all throughout the entire unpacking process. Like I unpack bathroom stuff and then along with like the, you know, your little travel size toiletries, there was like a bottle of ink in there. Cause I was like, Oh, things that might leak. I'll just put them all together. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Did you, um, yeah. Aileen, did, did you move to a larger space into a smaller space than you were in before? Um, it kind of a bit of both. Um, the, the house that we moved into is smaller than my house at home. Cause I used to live with my parents, mm. but because now the entire house is mine, yeah. Like I feel like it's net more space. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, we moved from a house in Indiana where we had like a semi-finished basement where I just kept all my stuff into a uh one bedroom apartment in the Bay Area. <laughs> and so yeah. I I definitely like I did get rid of some things, but I also just like organized them a little bit better. I basically I had them all like in cigar boxes and like small boxes and when they got here, I sort of like transitioned them into those um, square boxes that, you know, you buy oh, yeah, those. yeah, the Ikea shelves. Yeah, That's, yeah, the Malma shelves. It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's a lot better. They're sort of just way out in everybody's business now. Like they're in the living room, but they're all in boxes nicely. So they, they look good. But yeah, it was definitely a, a herring process. Like I, at one point I just got tired of it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to send all these to California and I'm going to deal with it later. So I never did deal with it. <laughs> yeah, the unpacking is pretty hard. And yeah. I, I think I unpacked, I did unpack a few things like early on, like the things that I use most often, but there's, I, I just have so many different like paints and glues and tapes and stamps and like letter writing supplies. And a lot of that stuff is still tucked away, but I'm I'm slowly slowly getting there i've it's been about two to three months Hmm. um since i moved i've been here for about two to three months now yeah cool is it called Kanmari because her name is marie kondo yeah and so she she made this this name for this method in the book that she talks about and so it's kind of become it's one of those things that's kind of become a verb like google like (laughs) Kanmari something is to go through her process of cleaning and decluttering and deciding what you truly want to keep. Yeah. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, well, I kind of talked about this earlier, but I was in New York city recently and, um, it's a really, it's a really nice drive from, from where I am into New York city. And, uh, we were there for a few days. And so because CW pencils was closed at the time, I went to McNally Jackson Mm. which is one of the other New York City stationary destinations. And so apparently they have two shops. And um, Yeah, they have that, des- that des- a- desk one for the yeah, desk? There's one that's, yeah, yeah, there's one that's just like a pretty narrow store, and then they just have a bunch of different desks. And it's really nice. Each desk is kind of curated with a selection of things. Like there was a desk that had all like leather stuff, um, like leather pen cases, um, leather pencil cases and notebook folders. And then there was another desk that had all things in the color greens. So there were like dark greens and light greens. 
and then there was a another corner that had um, all your brass stuff. So there were like the brass pencil sharpeners and the brass Kawakos, fountain pens, and that sort of thing. So that was really fun to visit. And then hmm. um, they have another one, like a section that's inside the bookstore. And so they have like a normal bookstore out front, and then um, there's a there's a corner that you turn downstairs and then in that corner tucked away there's various types of notebooks sketchbooks um there's i think there's a few pens and pencils not as many as the other store it's mostly books in in the other one and so that was really fun to look through too just there were moleskins lois terms um maruman uh some of the other japanese paper products were there as well Hmm. so if anyone is in new york city i would highly recommend stopping by mcnally jackson I met, um, when I was there last November, I went into McNally Jackson and I met, uh, Sarah McNally, the woman who started it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She's, she's an interesting person. Yeah. I don't think she was there when, when I was, when I was there, but, um, there were a few other employees who were there as well. And they were, they were talking to some tourists. I think there were some tourists that had wandered in and. I don't know where they were. I don't know where they were from, but yeah, she was just kind of explaining. Oh yeah, we're a store and we sell, you know, stationery and and books and things. And I think they got a kick out of it because they 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 were probably thinking like, oh, New York City is this bustling, you know, fast paced city. And then they found themselves wandered into like a a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you want to jump into our main topic? Yeah. So our main topic tonight is pens for pencil people, which sounds, you know, unnecessarily divisive, like there are pen <laughs> people and pencil people. But, um, you know, our friend Brad Dowdy from The Pen Addict has a sampler pack at CW Pencils where he sort of suggests a list of pencils for people who like pens, just sort of get them started onto the higher road of graphite because <laughs> fountain pens are silly. So we were sort of thinking, you know, what would be some good pens for people who like pencils? Not that, you know, it's like, hey, you like really good bourbon. Why don't you drink this crap now? But, you know, sometimes you need crappy bourbon or pens. So we're sort of split this up into topics that I won't bother listing right now because it's a lot and I'll forget one. But to start it off, so a lot of times – People will say when you use pencils all the time, well, what about when you need a pen? So what are some of the instances in which you need or, God forbid, prefer a pen? <laughs> you want to go first, Andy? Yeah. Um, I was trying to think about that. And, you know, sometimes there's th- things that are obvious, like legal documents often will require pens. Or when I, I, I worked at a high school and college and, like, you had to use a pen there. Um, I think that Les has talked before about how there's like acceptable um, pen shades, so like blue or black, um, for something like that, which you know is is maybe a little bit of a you know an old wives' tale because guess what is more archival than ink is graphite pencil. Of course, as long as you don't like rub it or you know move it around. So I guess if you're shuffling papers a lot, maybe pen is better. But like sometimes I guess I. I want something to be a little bit higher contrasting. So if I'm using paper that's maybe a little darker um, or, or as we talked about before, if I have like a dark like piece of paper that I want to write bright onto, I would use like a white pen 
um, graphite is like pretty, pretty specific. Um, and, and honestly, sometimes I do like, I, I love green ink as I've talked about here before. Um, and I just like to use that. So I, I usually have a couple pens like either on my desk or, um, in my little like pencil pouch that I carry around in my, my backpack. But, um, I would say probably like 30% of the time I'm using a pen, but 70% of the time I'm using a pencil. It's a good percentage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think, Jenny? So I put envelopes on here, but I also keep around an old Sanford Noblot ink pencil for envelopes, depending who I'm sending it to. Hmm. So that forms, um, you know, sometimes you, you come for some reason, you know, someone will hand you a card to sign for somebody and it's like, you know, sandpaper and you can't use a pencil on it because you won't be able to read it. Um, and also like when I hate myself, I decide to use a pen. <laughs> Johnny's Johnny's the most uh, fundamentalist of the uh, erasable hosts. Yeah, I say that, but I, I use pens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like gel pens a lot. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Elaine? How about you, Elaine? Um, for things that you need a pen, I think any sort of anything that involves a signature. Um, I've had to do quite a lot of that recently because you know moving again. Like anything like writing checks or forms, as previously mentioned, um, blue or black is pretty much standard or filling out, you know, if you're like at the doctor's office or anything like that. And those are the th- times that you need a pen. And then there are just some things that um, require pens, like if you're mailing something um, or if you're, if you're write, trying to write on one of those kind of slick like bubble mailer type packagings. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more plasticky. Yeah. Um, that usually calls for like a Sharpie mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and then personally, I just prefer pen for anything work related, mainly because of the color selection. So like I don't really count different shades of gray as different colors, <laughs> like how you can have I know you can have like B and 2B and so on. But that doesn't quite compare to having like blue and then orange. Like if I need something a little bit more urgently, I'll try to use a brighter color like red or orange and then blue um, or green or purple for, for the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point too. Like there's, there's definitely like, I feel like pens with colored inks perform um, more consistently than like colored pencils compared to graphite pencils. Like I'm not a huge Mm -hmm. colored pencil fan. So if you want to get a little color into it, like a, like a pen is probably a, like a, closer experience well see that's your wopex prejudice biting you because <laughs> the, um, the norris what do they call it the, the norris something but basically the colored wopexes you can buy for adult coloring you can write with them and they work pretty well well I, most of them work pretty well i need to get a hold of some of those i have not tried those specifically they're, i mean they're cool my kids like them because you know the point lasts forever and that's basically the kid requirement how long yeah. can i color with this some bitch yeah like the uh, big extra funds. Daddy's forcing Wopex on us. Charlotte likes them a lot. Yeah, well. And she also likes the future you and the them. Blackwing Pearl. Yeah. No, she likes the Pearl. That's my least favorite <laughs> Blackwing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we talked about when, you know, life sucks and you have to use a pen. So in that situation, what do you look for in a pen? Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking about this and I was like, 
trying to think of specific characteristics, but I I honestly don't know if I have like one really like defining characteristic of pens that I like. Um, I generally do go for like, I don't know if disposable is the right word. Like, I mean, disposable pens instead of like really fancy, fine pens. Um, yeah. I, I have like my Squire, but that's about the only fancy like pen that I use regularly. Um, I generally like something that, you know, is plastic and you can, you know, toss it if you want. I never get to the point where I have to do that. Um, so I, I generally go for that. I think I like the ones that are thinner, like closer to the barrel of a pencil, maybe a little bit thicker uh, compared to some of the bigger ones like the Dr. Grips um, that are out there. I, I'm not a big, f- and I think that's why I don't use a lot of fountain pens is I just don't like that really big grip that they often have with them. Um, and honestly, like I, I think mainly I'm attracted by roller balls, roller balls. Um, although I do, there's, there's some ball points, which we'll get into this later that I just love. So like, like the bit crystals, like we'll talk about, um, yes. but I, I would say that like almost, almost all the, the, the pens that I like are like really smooth gel pens or rollerballs. And oh. Elaine, you might remember this. Um, I, I feel like gel pens from back in the early days of when gel pens were around, they skipped bad, badly. And oh, yeah, yeah. as a as a left-hander, I could not like I don't know if this is because I was left-handed or because I was just inept at using pens, but like I feel like I could never really use gel pens like those early ones because they just skipped really bad. And that's kind of like clouded my my feeling about most gel pens like today even. Yeah, and there's a, there's often a smearing issue with lefties. Mm, yeah. Like gel ink just dries slower than pencil, obviously. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I guess I guess if that's my characteristic, like, like yeah, um, probably. And and I'm, I was trying to think if I like a certain point better or not. Um, I think like I've. If I go to you know if you go to Mido uh, in San Francisco or or San Jose, they have them from like. 0.2 all the way up to like one millimeter which is like mm-hmm. a mark a marker basically um and i i think i like just a plain old 0.4 like something almost right in the middle um yeah po- i point, like 0.42 yeah 0.28s are so so thin that you can write really small and it's great but like it it it's almost scratchy because you feel like you're just like carving it it feels like you're using a hard pencil right like it's so hard um mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't have like a specific point that I go for. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? What is your, like your character defining characteristics of pens that you like? So uh, I typed this up, but it says something that dries quickly, doesn't skip and can be used across a wide variety of paper types and textures, which is essentially a pencil. But, um, I suppose more specifically, I like, you know, rollerballs, ballpoints, and um, gel pens as opposed to fiber tips and felt pens and, of course, fountain pens. I like the rolling action. And um, one of my other Catholic school haunts is that we can only use blue-black ballpoint pens. Mm. So anything else just feels weird. And my handwriting looks better um, with something that has a little more, um, not friction, but that doesn't flow super smoothly. Because, you know, in the mid-80s, ballpoint pens were junk. And those are the only ones we were allowed to use. So, um, yeah, if I write if I write too fast, my handwriting looks like someone else. So 
ball pe- ball pens and gels, but then I have to slow myself down. Sometimes roller balls, but really only like two. So, yeah. yeah. The ball <laughs> balls. <laughs> Rolling action. Rolling action. <laughs> this is gonna deteriorate, Johnny. I just oh know my. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, they see a lot of F words coming up. Fountain, fussy. <laughs> Elaine, how, how about you, Elaine? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> um, what I look for in a pen. Um, I, I kind of thought about this question a bit too, and I was thinking, you know how you know what they say about um, cameras, where they say like the best camera is the one you have on you. Mm-hmm. I think a very similar saying could apply to pens. Like the best pen is the one that you have on you and on top of that like the one that you have on you that works and so um i think the the ideal pen is one that like no matter when you take it out um it'll write and so as much as i do like fountain pens like i think sometimes fountain pens do have that little hiccup in the beginning where they don't where you might have to scribble a bit on a piece of scratch paper to get the ink to start flowing especially if it's been sitting tip up in your pocket or or in a pen cup for a bit. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it doesn't start right away. Um, whereas for a lot of gel pens, like I find that my signos are usually the ones that start right away, no matter what, like whether they've been in like my hot car or if they've been like in my purse or my pocket or whatever. Um, if I can just take it out and just start writing, it'll usually write right away. So I think that is the most ideal pen for your everyday uses whether you're writing like a checklist or if you just need to like jot down someone's contact info um the one that the one that works is the best yeah but if i wanted to delve into like what i personally prefer um kind of like you andy i like 0.4 ish like the 0.4 ballpark i like 0.35 0.38 to 0.4 um, I find 0.5 just like a little too gushy. Yeah. And the 0.2, like the 0.2 is just, you know, just kind of feels like writing with the tip of a needle. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, just... not very, not, not quite as, as pleasant. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, um, I'm interested to know, um, Johnny, if you would be willing to expand upon this a little bit, um, I feel like, I feel like when people, listen to people talk about pens they often expect people to talk about like as you said like fancy or fussy like fountain pens like expensive pens and i feel like generally my world is mostly just like narrowed in on those disposable pens like like a like a nice but ultimately just like plastic pen and i feel like we've had some discussions before about um why it seems like diet in the wool pencil people really like those kind of pens and I'd, I'd love it if you like had any thoughts you wanted to share about that um and that's putting you on the spot so if you don't that's fine but no no no. yeah um so enjoying pencils you know pencils are ephemeral so i don't like a pen that i've got to take care of or you know like oh crap this one's got a scratch on it that was 400 bucks or you know it fell off the table now it's ruined so yeah. I think you know when you use a lot of pencils, you just like look. I want to use this thing, throw it in the recycle bin, forget about it. Or like I lost it, now someone just found a cool gel pen at the coffee shop. Yeah. But um, the only ones I have that are 
I guess, nicer ones, but not super nice, are space pens because, you know, they're supposed to last forever. Yeah. And they're cooler when they get a little busted up. But I mean, I really don't understand why someone would want to write with something that costs as much as a down payment on a car. <laughs> yeah. If I if I lose even even if I lost like like an like a nice like Blackwing, maybe not the two maybe I'd freak out if I lost the two eleven at this point, but like if I had a Blackwing um six oh two and I like dropped it, like it would be like, Oh, where's my pencil? But it ultimately it's like, oh whatever. You know, it costs two dollars. I can get another one. Um but like if I and I, I love some of these nice fountain pens as sort of a like work of art. Like I, I think I gushed a little bit about those um pilot some of those those pilot continuous nib pens uh here. And like they were gorgeous and beautiful. And if I had them, they would like live in a very secure place most of the time. Um but yeah, I <laughs> I I think I I like something that is like definitely more practical and functional and like I can just like carry with me and like if I leave it behind somewhere that's fine right like so yeah yeah and even if even if you have something long term like um space pens they they're constantly kind of tweaking their refills mm-hmm. so you know I have one that I got in like 2002 and it writes better every time I refill it cuz the refills get better but if you have a fountain pen I guess you could get them reground but like you know, if it, if it sucks, it sucks. Yeah, it's always gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> so so speaking of <laughs> speaking of sucking, Johnny, John, one of the questions Johnny asked is is what is your least favorite type of pen? Um, and I I think that I don't know. I I think that the pen doesn't feel particularly like well put together or very lightweight. I'm not. I don't like it. Like I. I think those ink joy pens r- perform really well. Like the ink is really a really great color and it comes out really nice, but like I really don't like the way they feel like the clicky ones. Um, they just feel super cheap the to me. Ones? The gel ones. Yeah. Um, really? They're kind of like, they felt a little uh, ritzy. They're because of the width. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe, I don't know. That's it. That like that rubberiness. I, I mean, something about that. I just don't like, like very much. So, I like something that's a little bit more of like a hard plastic, like like the Bit Crystal or like a lot of the the sign the Signos. I almost said Sino. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then and then also yeah, like um, the pens where the what am I trying to say? The tip, like the the refill, is not secure in the pen, and so when you write, it just sort of like moves around a little bit as you write. So some of the paper, Ooh, yeah. ma- some of the paper mate knockoffs of like a bit crystal or something is kind of like that. And it just like that to me, that that's the same pet peeve I have, like with a um, office depot pencil, like it just feels so cheap and it's clear that they didn't have any like interest in trying to make a quality pen. So yeah, generally I would say those are my two like least favorite kinds of things. Oh, and uh, you guys remember the, um, paper mate erasable pens right like i think they oh, still God, i think yeah. they still make Those them are the worst they just they do they're just so oily and like nasty yeah i i loved them because they were erasable when i was young just sort of the like novelty of that was was so good but like look using like a pilot friction now which is also an erasable ink um it's just so much better so yeah i i guess those are my my pen my 
pen peeves. Yeah. <laughs> how, how about you, Johnny? What are your least least favorite? So I put fountain pens or anything fussy, but really just anything fussy. And I think that's why I don't like fountain pens. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't get to sit still a lot with all these children running around me <laughs> and all the time I spend in the car. So, um, Oh, and, know, ch- and children can ruin your fountain pen. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. anything that my kids can color with and not ruin. And like, if they drop a space pen, like whatever, it's a space pen. Well, except that one that shows the, the phases of the moon. They're not allowed to touch. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anything, you know, fussy. And I realized that sometimes pencils are fussy because you have to carry, you know, a sharpener, an eraser, a point protector, but like, you could always just be like, whatever, and forget those and just use the pencil. But if you have a fountain pen, it's always fussy. I realize perhaps I'm looking at the wrong fountain pens. Like people that don't like pencils are looking at the wrong kinds of pencils. And maybe that's fine. Maybe I just don't like them. Maybe I think they're snotty. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, fountain yeah. pens and anything fussy. <laughs> How about you, Elaine? I see yours is at the, op- the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, I just, the, I think my least favorite are, um, like if you've ever picked up like a really cheap ballpoint pen, like sometimes, you know, like the free ones that they give out with at hotels or like if you buy something, they give you a free pen and then like it starts out great. And then halfway through a word, there's just like this chunk that just comes out of the pen and then you keep writing and just kind of sits there and then. And you keep writing and then, you know, maybe a few letters later, there'll be like another blob that comes out. Those are my least favorite ones because it just, it's just kind of interrupts your writing experience. Like yeah. you'll be writing along and it just, it's just, now there's this spot on the page and, and then you have to be careful with, you know, cause that spot's going to take longer to dry than the rest of your words. And so if you're filling out like a multi-page form or something, you have to kind of be careful when you flip it over and it's just kind of this thing that's going to be in the back of your mind as you continue writing is like oh there's this random blob you know three lines earlier that i need to to remember later on (laughs) and it just kind of breaks your train of thought and so yeah i'm not not really not a fan of those and to reiterate andy's point about the really terrible papermate erasable pens yeah i don't think i've i haven't seen one of those in a while i don't even know if they still make those yeah, they still make them. Target do has they? them. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. It just seems They're like why, so why do you why do you, why would you bother when like those friction pens are so much better? Yeah, well, like that, ever since I used friction pens, like there's no way I could ever go back to to those those other erasable pens. Yeah, and then I'm also not a fan of anything that's too scratchy. So any like any tip size that's smaller than 0.3 can come across as a little scratchy. And then the scratchiness also kind of does also lead to the rattling because um, there's just more friction on the page. And it's just also kind of an interruption to what you're writing. I think that's like the general thing is if there's something that interrupts or like draws my attention away from the thing that I'm actually writing, I'm not a huge fan of that. So now we can get specific. Yeah. Can we talk about your top five, five, five-ish pens and why? Sounds good. Um, I have no particular order on this. Um, and this this first one is one that I've, I feel like I've talked about pretty extensively in various groups and on various blogs. And I even, 
did an ask TPA, ask the pen addict about this. Um, I I really love green ink. Um, before I sort of like got deep into pencils, I considered like green pens to sort of be my be my thing. Um, and my favorite one ever was the Uniball Vision rollerball pen, um, specifically an evergreen, which is like a darker, richer green than their current green, which is a lot more um, like sage colored, we'll say. And it seems as though they are not made anymore, where, where there are some stores like Amazon stores that still sell evergreen uh-huh. green pens. They say it's evergreen, but it's not. Um, and Brad even looked into it, and we just have no reason, no idea why like evergreen is not something you can get anymore. So uh, I still have a few sort of hoarded away that still work. Um, the last time I managed to buy a proper evergreen Uniball um, was probably probably like eight or 10 years ago. Like it's been a long time, but I have a lot of them. Um, so love that. If I can still get them, I can't. Um, I, the thing that Brad recommended to me that I did buy and I love is a zebra Sarasa in dark green. Um, I know that you guys sell this at jet pens, Elaine. So have, are you familiar yep. with this Sarasa? The Sarasa clip yeah, specifically. The Sarasa, yes. The Sarasa yeah. clip is the, the one, the Japanese version. Yeah. There is the regular Sarasa that doesn't have the binder clip. That's the American version and it's not as good. Yeah. So if you, if you have access to f- nice Japanese stationery, either on um, like, like here in San Francisco and like the Bay Area, we have Mido. Um, in, I don't know if there's like a good New York, like East Coast Japanese stationery store. There's Kinokuniya in New York City. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is run by the Mido people. They're like their office supply section. Um, but also jet pens. Like, honestly, like go to jet pens and look at all of, I, people at work, when I find out they're like closet, like fancy pen people, I always tell them about jet pens and they'll go and like, Andy, I just spent $60 at jet pens. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Zebra Sarasa clip is really good in dark green. Um, I've joked with Mike Hagen about starting a um, green pen blog some someday. I think I'll make that happen. But <laughs> well, there was that black cover. Um, yeah, black cover blog. Yeah, which is fantastic. Um, uh, speaking of green pens, I also really love the Experiment Squire, which is kind of a hot commodity now because they, I guess, they produced it in pretty limited quantities and it sold out super quickly. Um, I managed to get one. I love it, and I use it probably once or twice a week. Um, it the the Schmidt refill that it uses has a pretty good green, but it's it's not exactly the green I like, but it's it's pretty good. Um, I like that. I really this is a uh, Johnny and I share a love of Le Pens. Mm. Le, Le Pens. Oriental blue, offensive but very pretty. Yes, I love that like gray blue that they use. Um, it's funny because during the last. French presidential election, there was somebody whose last name is Le Pen, and there's also somebody whose last name is Macron, which sounds like Micron, (laughs) (laughs) which are, of course, other two, like, like little, like, fine line markers. So I I do love, I didn't put this on here, but honestly, like, I like, I like a good Sharpie. Like, I, I always have, like, just a nice Sharpie with me, and if I can't, if I can find one, I'll get one with like both the, like the regular tip and then also the fine tip on the back. But like, if I can't, like, just a good black sharpie is really useful. Um, 
always using a Sharpie. I, I also like, I mentioned this before, but the Pilot Friction Pens, F-R-I-X-I-O-N. Um, yeah, they're super good. I didn't even know it existed until I visited uh, uh, Mido, and I was like, oh, it's an erasable pen. And, and I'm sure most of you listening probably know this, but I didn't um, until I think I listened to The Pen Addict. They don't, it doesn't actually erase the ink. Um, it's a little rubber tip. Uh, and you kind of rub it against the ink and it disappears. Apparently the heat generated by the friction uh, makes the ink disappear. So if you were to, you can actually reactivate it by putting an extreme cold, extreme cold, or you can stick your notebook in like the microwave for a minute and it also erases it. So Magic. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't recommend putting your notebook in the microwave, especially if you have especially sta- with staples. Yeah, yeah, if you have staples or like spiral bending. So I wonder what would happen to a write notepads book if you nuked it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably just the glue would melt, next, and it'd be a mess. Next time I'm near a microwave, it's not mine. I'm gonna find <laughs> yeah. out. You should go. I've been trying to bust those up. You should go to Write Notepads, and if they have a microwave there, just run it through. They do. Yeah, they have a fridge full of Coors Light. <laughs> no, wait, they've moved on to Amstel Light. Moving up, <laughs> moving up very slowly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So that and. I think that's all of my, that's my top like six pens, but there's others that I just like use every now and then. Um, I I specifically didn't mention the Bit Crystal because I know Johnny's going to talk about it. So I will, I will um, shuffle off to you, Johnny. Yeah. So also in no particular order, I really like the Papermate um, Inkjoy gel pens largely because I like the, um, the feel and the form factor. And also, you know, the inks are so nice. But I've run into a problem where um, I feel like they dry out pretty quickly if you don't use them. And if you've had that, you know, the little plastic ball or wax ball off of them. So I haven't verified this, but ones I bought like a year ago-ish, like all, all the colors, and I tried them all out. Half of them don't write very well anymore, which is sort of alarming. I store them correctly. But um, also, Fisher Space Pen which was my first nice pen. The one I have that was my first one was from 2002. Like the Chrome is wearing off. It's my favorite thing in the world. Well, one of them. Um, Pilot Precise V5 in blue, which is perfect. And also red. Um, the Pentel Sign Pen, which I like to draw cartoons of my children not eating oh, that yeah. goddamn breakfast. <laughs> the, the Sign Pen is so good. I You sent me my first Sign Pen, Johnny, and I love it. Yeah, and they come in a lot of colors. Most of them are, you know, good usable colors, except the yellow. Whenever I and, send um, out erasable mail, I always address the envelope with a sign pen. Oh, gee, that's awesome. It's sort of, I think it's probably like in the middle in thickness between like a Sharpie and like a Le Pen. Yeah, and they don't bleed. Yeah. And I feel like as the point breaks in, it writes even better. And, and like, man, they have a lot of ink in them. But um, they have one that's pigmented. I don't know if it's waterproof, but that could be really good for um, envelopes. But it's a lot more expensive, and it's not as cool looking. Yeah. So Do you guys comes know why black. sign pens are called sign pens? No. For uh, signing um, stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of this um, this English term that was adopted into the Japanese language. There's a few of these things in the stationary world, actually. Um, like another one is sharp. Like sharp has kind of become the casual term for a mechanical pencil. Hmm. And huh. so sign pen is another one that another English term that the Japanese have kind of adapted. And so 
a sign pen is a, a felt tip marker, generally. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and which which president was it? Was it LBJ or Gerald Ford that had them ordered for the White House to sign documents? It was like a big thing. They were like the Time Magazine product of the year or something. It was the first marker that you could just go buy. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, so, they're so awesome. Huh. I really like those pens. They have one at the end of um, Amelie when Nino writes Amelie a note and slides under her door. I spent a long time trying to figure out what that pen was. It's like, oh, it's a sign pen. They're like a buck fifty at the art store. The more, the more the, uh, you know. The brush <laughs> tip <laughs> ones. <laughs> You can get uh, the brush tip ones at Target now, like a pack of all the colors for like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Those are great. I keep walking by going, don't need them. Don't need them. <laughs> One day they'll get in the cart next to, you know, baby food. So um, I saved my best for last, the uh, Bit Crystal. Yeah. But under that, I'm including, you know, your standard Bit Crystal medium blue and also the orange-bodied fine ones that you can't buy in the United States anymore, but they're like the best damn pen you ever used. The Byros? Everyone I ever give one to, you know, they're like, oh, this is the greatest pen. I'm like, yes, it is the greatest pen. Give it back. <laughs> or like, be nicer to me and I'll share one. So every couple of months, I buy a box from the UK on Amazon and wind up you know, giving away almost all of them because it takes a long time to use one of those up. Yeah. But um, the fine ones, I feel like... When you write with them, the ball turns more. So there's less skipping. There's less, you know, ink to smear or ghost around. And the material is nice. They're just so pretty. Except that they stamp big fine on them really like, pretty indiscriminately on the corners and don't do a good job. But other than that, very nice pen. So a little bit later, I kind of want to talk about specifically the Bit Crystal and why it's such a thing. Like I feel like Johnny and I connected on a whole deeper level when we found out that we, we both like love the bit crystal, which is like pretty, pretty, it's a pretty cheap pen. So yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but Elaine, whatever I, I know it's, it's probably hard for you to like narrow this down, but what are your top five ish pens? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really hard question. Um, and I kind of have a similar like dilemma as, Brad and in a recent podcast episode Brad was talking about how he has his top five pens page I don't know if you guys have paid a visit to that but yep it's hard because there's like his they're like is it like top five my personal favorite or top five that I would recommend to someone who's interested in pens and so I kind of also have a similar thing where there's so many pens that I like but if I had to narrow it down to a few uh, I think <laughs> My top pick would probably be the Signo, um, specifically the the 151, or it's also known as the DX model. I have many of them in many colors. I have the you know the basic blue, the black. Um, I have the limited edition Hello Kitty ones. I have the the kind of off black colors, which are really nice too. There's like a purple black that I really like, and I just really like them because they're so reliable. Like. I mentioned earlier, I feel like I can pick it up at any time of day, like no matter where I am and it's going to write. Um, and other than that, I also really like the high tech C. I have the mica one, which is kind of the, the girlier version of the regular high tech C. Um, it has like a little, like a little jewel at the top and it's just so cute. Hmm. Um, but I, I like that one because the, the barrel is, uh, rounder than the regular high tech C. Um, the the regular high tech C has kind of like this rigid part of the barrel that I'm not a huge fan of. Hmm. Um, 
And the mica one is just a little bit wider and a little bit longer. So I like that one too. That that one is the one that I use um, for a lot of my work notes. Hmm. Um, the next one would probably be kind of like how Annie mentioned a Sharpie purely for its many uses. Like if I'm labeling something, if I have to like, you know, I, I had to write my name on the mailbox when I moved here. And yeah. so Sharpie was definitely the, the, the pen for that job. Yeah. Um, a question I get asked a lot, like in relation to the art and calligraphy stuff that I do is like, Oh, what pen are you using? And so I, I have like my other subset of top favorite pens for calligraphy and lettering. So I won't get too far into that, but I feel like at least two needed mention here. And one of them is the uh, zebra brush pen. It's the little pocket size disposable one. Um, that one is really great because it has a tip that springs back. And so when you're doing brush lettering with the, the thin and the thick strokes, um, if you have a brush pen with a tip that springs back, that will just make your writing look much smoother. That's a great so idea. I, yeah. So I, I like that one. And I also like the Tombow Fludenosuke brush pen. It, it does something similar. Hmm. So yeah, those are my two like art and calligraphy pens that I feel deserve to mention here. And um, the last one that I would say is, um, this is a new favorite. There's So Andy, you might be interested in this. Um, so there's the Sarasa pen, and then there's a new pen that came out called the Sarasa Dry. And the whole thing about the Sarasa Dry is it's supposed to dry like even faster than a regular Sarasa. That's and a so really good idea. This. Yeah, and it's true. Like, like wow. you can write something, and before you even finish writing the word, like the first few letters are already dry. It's crazy. That, that's great for left-handers. Yeah, it's really great for left-handers. Um, we've been, like, if any left-handed people email into JetPens and they say, like, I need a pen, help. Um, that's one of the ones that we really point them to because it's, like, it's insanely fast. Like, it's, huh. it's like, pretty much instant if you get one of the sizes, like the 0.4. So I really like that one. That one's one of my new favorites. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and we, we will have as many links as we can find in the show notes to all of these pens. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I did want to recommend, um, I'm sorry, Elena, I guess I should ask, are you, are you done with your recommendations? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cool. Um, I, I did forget to mention, I, I do like, there is a kind of like a weird fake-ish fountain pen that I really love. It's a Pentel plastic fountain pen. Um, they've, I've started noticing them at like some stores around. There's a craft design and technology, like branded one. That I oh think yeah, I, that's called the trad, Tradio. Tradio. Yeah, it's it's weird because it sort of feels like a fountain pen, but it's not a fountain pen. It's mm-hmm. like a has like a like a blade tip that's plastic. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to re- to read a little bit. Um, of course, we are live streaming this, and we have a chat going, which is at erasable.us/live. Um, and a few people have kind of weighed in here. Um, Natalie, for example, has talked about like some of her recommendations. Um, she, what did she say? It, she says um, she wishes that we were using better pens, and like that's understandable. So I asked her for like some of her recommendations. Um, she says um, a Pilot Metropolitan fountain pen is something she likes. Um, she likes a Pilot High Tech C, which is a gel pen. Uh, Pilot Juice, which is a gel pen, and then a Twisby fountain pen. 
Um, I do have a Twisby fountain pen. I do, I do like it. I think it's very, um, I have one of the like little, oh, what are they, Elaine? The, the ones that are really small that like fold up small. The Eco? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's the, it's. Or is it the mini one, the Twisby mini? I think it's the mini. I, I, I remember I actually won it on the pen addict once. He, I won a contest mm-hmm. um, and he gave it away. It was a, it was a jet pens collaboration. And I like it a lot. It's very portable. It's really nice for for a fountain pen. Um, so she recommends those. Um, she goes, I would have suspected that the pencil people would like a fine nib because it's more toothy and it gives more feedback, which which I do agree. Um, I I generally like like gravitate toward the fine fine nib fountain pens instead of like the big wet ones. Um, and also because I I think I like write quickly and messily. I don't do a lot of like nice like calligraphy writing um so yeah and then um she goes she goes she wonders if some people like elaine might prefer a smoother experience so like a medium or a broad fountain pen so i don't know what your particular fountain pen preference is elaine but that's uh, um personally i have a i have a lamy with a calligraphy nib which is like the 1.5 mm one hmm and so that one is definitely not like I can't write fast with it at all. Like if I want to use that one, I have to like sit down, like get a nice sheet of paper and like slowly write with it. Yeah. So I have one of those for that specific use. And then I do also have um, one of the little like Jet Pens branded um, chibi ones. And so for like the price point that that pen is at, it's surprisingly good. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And I guess um, I guess I do have to correct myself here. I'm just looking at people's like notes here. Um, Micah Thomas mentioned the Kaweco Sport pocket pen, and actually, that is what I have. I do not own a Twisby. I don't have a Kaweco. Oh, okay. I think I'm getting them confused. So yeah, I have a really nice like like kind of iridescent brushed aluminum Sport, which is really nice. Um, what else? People talked a little bit like about Copic multiliners. They really like, um, oh yeah, those are nice because they come in, um, a range of tip sizes and they also come with gray ink. So if you're a diehard pencil person and you're not quite ready to let go of the, the look of gray on your paper, yeah, um, the Copic multiliner does come in gray and it also comes in the nice like brownish sepia tone as well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what, what else? Oh yeah. Somebody in here mentioned the, uh, pilot high tech G as in, as in gourd has, is it, do you guys have those jet pens? The high tech G? Oh no, it's the G tech C. The G tech C and the high tech C are pretty much the same. Um, the G tech C is just the, the, the European and occasionally U S version of okay. the pen. Yeah. So probably I would assume that if it's a, um, I've assumed it's a, it's a European version is probably better than the U.S. version. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I don't know if there's any difference, um, like yeah. in the way that the like the Sarasa U.S. versus Sarasa Japan. There's like a noticeable difference. I don't really know if there's too much of a difference. It might just be a name thing. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so Johnny, can we can we talk for just a second about why so- we love Bit Crystal so much? Sure, I would love to wax philosophical about the crystal yeah. with someone else who gets it. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like we have brought this up before in groups, and there's a certain like subset of people who are just like, uh, uh, like they just can't imagine why 
we would like a bit crystal being like sort of the ultimate cheap pen as opposed to like a fancy a fancy pen but um yeah i yeah, they're not like they're for cheap pens they're so good yeah yeah they're i i frequently always just say that they're like the pencil of pens because they're they're so consistent and they're really good for something that they make millions of at a time and and to me like yeah I, i'd be interested johnny if you do you have any like i'd love to get your philosophical waxings on the bit crystal oh i don't really have any philosophical okay waxings, <laughs> no, that's right. but um, no yeah. i mean it's you know it's cheap it always works it's hexagonal you can vary the tone that you in a way that you can't with anything that's liquid or gel mm-hmm. which is really nice and a lot of artists are really into bit crystals um I don't I like the design. It's so simple. Yeah. Um really, really iconic. I feel like, you know, for all of these like fountain pens and pencils and da, 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 this is like the one thing that gets better all of the time, as opposed to like Ticonderoga, which is sort of good, not good, black wings that went away and they came back, and some people don't think they're the same. Like big crystals just get better all the time. If they change them, like now they have easy glide and they write really well. The blue is a lot nicer. The black is actually black now. They don't skip. Yeah, like, I. It's awesome. It's like a nice constant, but it evolves. To me, to me, bit crystal is sort of like the ultimate distillation of what a writing instrument could be. Like it's, it's so, like I think the New York, the New York MoMA like inducted it into like this this like industrial design hall of fame, right? Like it's, it's sort of the ultimate expression of like how simple a writing instrument can be. It's really iconic, like you said, but like the cap functions as the pocket clip and it's just like a super pure expression of like a writing instrument. And I, I also think it's interesting how iconic that blue is. Like, I feel like, I feel like a big crystal blue is different than like most other pencil blues. And you can just, you can just see it like like there's a shirt that they have at Uniqlo which is like has this like blue scribble all over the shirt and it just looks like a bit crystal scribble and uh you know the Baron Figaskew like that color of the cover and the inside like has a particular blue shade scribble and it's just to me just super like representative of like bit crystal blue so yeah i've I like a bit click a lot too. I think that like a lot of really great advertising thing happen things happen on a bit click. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the b- bullet pencil of pens, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and you can you can write your way to uh, companies and get samples. Yeah, but I thought of getting pencil revolution pens because I thought it'd be funny. That would be funny, <laughs> but uh, they they sent me the wrong stuff, so it's like okay, screwed this up. I'm definitely not going to buy a couple hundred pens from you. Yeah, yeah. Micah in the chat just said it's a happy blue. And it sure is like that is a yeah. super super happy blue. That's a really good way to put it. Um, yeah. So I have you guys seen artwork that people have done with big ballpoint pens? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's because like the like with ballpoints, there is that kind of like if you use a very light touch, you can get a very very light kind of brush of ink on there, and then if you press down hard you get yeah like john's saying in the chat right now uh if you press down with a with the harder line you can get that thicker pen stroke and so 
people have created like really lifelike portraits and like landscapes and stuff with these ballpoint pens. Yeah. I I watched a um there used to be a how it's made video that was about making the little like tungsten ballpoint that goes in a bit crystal and I I I feel oh, like, yeah. I feel like it's been taken down since then but it was really interesting because they make millions and millions of these things at a time and they have to be so exacting in their like dimensions so like there's so much that go- they use like an electron microscope to make sure that the tungsten ballpoint in ballpoint like in bit crystals are um exact so it's it's really interesting uh, one it. of one of our first um offshoot like erasable groups on facebook uh, I think Johnny started a Bit Crystal Lovers group. I'll have a link in show notes, but um, <laughs> I, th- I think we have 100, 122 members. It looks like it's just like a really yeah. That's like the epitome of nerdiness. Yeah. So so it is. It's a good point because it's, it's, yeah. Sorry, go on. It's how they do it. That's where it is. The pull point. Yeah. They. Yeah. It, yeah. It's such a. It, it, it's sort of like what we all wish the Ticonderoga would be like. Ticonderoga is a very iconic brand and it's all over the place. Yeah. But it's just kind of crappy and it varies wildly. Whereas the Bit Crystal is also yeah, really. like iconic and it's ubiquitous, and but it's always the same. It's always really good. So, so I guess. Yeah, sometimes I get frustrated. I get frustrated the podcasting, blogging, all this crap. I'm like, I'm just going to throw all my crap away, get some Bit Crystals and some Moleskins and like retreat and like try to write for real. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then the black wings come out and like, ooh. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So enough about bit crystals. Oh, never enough about bit crystals. That's true. So um, maybe our second to last topic. So like for me, if I sit down to write with pencils, I take a box of them, sit on the couch, and I have like a, um, one of those giant artist clipboards as a writing desk. So I use that when I write with pencils because... Um, you don't need a sharpener nearby and et cetera, et cetera. So if you're going to use ink versus graphite, what are some, you know, logical or illogical considerations that you feel like you have to take into account? Hmm. Elaine, do you want to go first? Um, sure. Um, I think the biggest one is probably just drying time. Like when you use pencil, you, there's no dry time wait. You don't have to wait at all. Like the moment the graphite is on paper, it's it's dry. It's there to stay. I guess you do have to kind of worry about smudging. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not quite... It's a little different when you're using pens, um, especially if you're using, you know, the more liquid inks like rollerballs, fountain pens. Um, you do have to think more about dry time. So it's just like with lefties, it's like being careful of where you place your hand. Or if you're taking notes in a notebook, it's about um, making sure that the ink doesn't transfer onto the other page on the on the opposite side. I think that's probably the biggest one that I can think of. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I feel like for me, it's mostly if I have access to a like if i think i'll have access to a sharpener like i've been in some meetings or some things where i'm like i'm going to be taking a lot of notes very quickly and i just won't be able to like stop and sharpen um then i'll usually take a pen along um and often i'll have a pen anyway just like in my in my backpack but i've definitely found myself picking up a pen when i just don't have time to stop and sharpen yeah how about what do you think, Johnny? Is that a similar thing? 
Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wrote a joke in the doc that I'm not going to repeat about poopy diapers and pens. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, if you're using a gel pen, I usually use a page in between the um, the things that I've written on, like I will with pencil, because gel pen doesn't dry really fast. But, you know, if you get a bit crystal, that's it. You don't have to do anything. Grab a pen. You can even see the ink supply. And you can roll. You can't even do that with a pencil. Yeah. So I suppose, and that that's the answer of if it's a bit crystal, less consideration. Yeah. So um, to wrap it up, although we've talked about this a lot already, so maybe aside for the bit crystal, what are some pens of pencils? Mm. What whatever that phrase means to you? Yeah. Um. I don't know. What do you think, Elaine? Oh, I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a few. I guess there's a few different ways to interpret how you want to think of the phrase pens of pencils. Like, are you trying to replicate the experience, or are you trying to replicate the the feel of tip on paper? So, whatever that means to you. Um, there's a few different recommendations that I would have. Um, I think if you're if the thing that you want to replicate the most is the erasableness as as the name of this podcast, um, then the best pen would be the friction, which we kind of touched on earlier, but, um, the friction erasable pen, if you've never used one is like leaps and bounds better than the crappy erasable pen from like the (laughs) nineties. Um, it's, uh, it's got this black ink that it might be because of the ink technology, but the black ink isn't like a true, true black. It's kind of an off black, Hmm. like grayish black. Black. It might be because that way, when you erase it, there's no trace that's left behind. Um, so that kind of off black is a little reminiscent of graphite gray. Um, they even make a. They call it the friction pencil-like gel pen because it has like a hexagonal barrel <laughs> and a slightly wider tip, and so it's supposed to be reminiscent of colored pencils. Hmm. So if huh. yeah, if the if the erasableness is what you're trying to replicate in a in a pen then i would definitely go for the friction um if it's the like feel of the tip on paper that you're trying to replicate i think a felt tip is probably your best choice and the felt tips that we've mentioned earlier on in this podcast were like the pigma micron the copic multiliner and then the le pen so all of these are felt tip pens and so the felt tip has a little bit more grippiness to the paper Whereas like gel pens, rollerballs, and fountain pens, they kind of have more of a gliding motion across the paper. Um, felt tips do grip the paper a little bit more similarly to the way that a pencil does. And so um, in addition to the ones that we covered earlier, a few other ones that I wanted to call out are the tripless fine liners, which these were really popular last year in the adult coloring craze. But they're by Stetler, and hmm. they come in a bunch of colors. And then the the um, the barrel of that one is triangular, so it's like, is it the golden bear? Is that the one that's triangular? Uh, they had a gold, a triangular golden bear, which they don't make anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, it's got that triangular barrel, which hmm. is kind of reminiscent of the old golden bear, I guess. Yeah. Um, another one is the uh, Stabilo or Stabilo fine liner. Um, these also come in like a bunch of different shades of gray. There's like a light gray. There's a dark gray. There's like a brownish gray. 
And so that also has that fine felt tip, um, kind of like the triplets or like the Copic multiliner. So those are two other ones to consider. And um, if it's the, I guess the last point that I wanted to bring up is if it's the kind of muted, like vintagey look of gray on white paper that you're trying to go for, um, any gel pen with gray ink or marker pen with gray ink will have that effect. We do have um, a gray ink sampler coming along at JetPens coming soon. Hmm. Yeah. Or you I, could do um, a fountain pen with gray ink inside it. So I think, I know um, Caroline of CW Pencils has a fountain pen now. She has a bright yellow Lamy Safari. I don't know if she has gray ink in it, um, but that would be one way to kind of get that pencil feel in a pen. I do. Yeah. I remember when she talked about cool. how she has that fountain pen. It, that That's a perfect one. I feel like. Yeah, it's this really fun, like bright, bright, like pencil yellow color. And so if she does have gray ink in it, I would get a kick out of that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the sampler packs that you guys have at Jet Pens are, by the way, just like fantastic. I love you have like a blue black sampler pack. You have a green one. It's it's really good. Yeah, there's going to be a gray one coming. So I think my personal favorite is the brown one that mm. we have a brown ink sampler. I really like that one. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Johnny, what are your what are your pencil of pens? So aside from the bit crystal, um, the space pen, because mm. like a pencil, it writes in unexpected circumstances. Like be, before social media was a thing, there was a website called the Writer's Edge. It was like a store in Las Vegas or something, and um, they would do things like somebody would put one in a pizza and then pull it out and write with it. <laughs> I. I may have told this story before, and if I do, I apologize. But like in the fourth grade, I went to the um, like Cleveland Museum of Science and Industry. Maybe it's Cincinnati. It was Cosi. It's in Ohio, and it, I bought um, my parents bought me a uh, a space pen, a Fisher space pen with the um, space shuttle logo on it, like an outline of the logo uh, of the space shuttle, and. I loved it so much, and I put it through all the tests. I like wrote with it. I went to the bathtub and wrote with it underwater, and I wrote it on it upside down. I, obviously, I didn't write it with it in zero G, just because like <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. Um, but yeah, it was maybe my first ever like prize possession writing instrument. It's a space pen. I loved it so much. I have no idea where it is, but it was so, <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, they even write on. Um, there was one where they wrote on ice. They took ice. They wrote on it. They put it in a bucket of ice, put it out. So, you know, it's like a pencil. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've been in situations where you're, you know, you're in the car or outside and you have a pen and it doesn't write because it's too cold. It's not even freezing, but, you know, it doesn't work. So they're fun in that regard. And also that, I don't know, I write upside down sometimes. Yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. So, so also the um, Pigma Microperm which is um, the same thing as a Pigram Micron, but the um, the barrel is uh, gray, and I think they only come in black. But um, you can write on different surfaces with them, unlike a Micron, hmm. which you know usually uses paper or something. So I don't know why I feel like that's a pencil, but it's sort of like a grease pencil, but it's a pen. Yeah, I and, see it. And like a pencil, it literally is forever, which is not something you can say of most pens. 
they fade, <laughs> they react with paper. So yeah, cool. So this was long. Awesome. Yeah, we had a lot to say about pens. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. So Elaine, can you tell folks where to find you on the internet and social media? Sure thing. Um, I am on Twitter at Owl, like the bird, Ink Design. And then I'm also on Instagram, though I haven't really been posting very much lately. Probably, I mean, I'm going to blame the fact that half of my art stuff is still not unpacked. But I am on Instagram at owl.ink. Um, you should definitely post some pictures of your kitten, your new kitten. I should. <laughs> I yeah. just got a kitten. She's so adorable. cute. So cute. She yeah. keeps me company. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Andy, sir? I am at woodclinch.com. That is my blog. Um, you can find me at wealthfully.com or andy.coffee as well. Um, and then on Twitter at, at A-W-E-L-F as in fine line, L-E. <laughs> um, on Twitter and Instagram, that. How about you, Johnny? So I'm on the internet at pencilrevolution.com, on Twitter at Pensolution, and I'm on Instagram at my name. And we are the Erasable Podcast. You can find us at erasable.us. This particular episode, number 83, will be at erasable.us slash 83. You can find us on Twitter at Erasable Podcast, on Instagram at Erasable Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast. Go, go figure. And <laughs> if you enjoy things that are awesome or if you want to justify having a Facebook account, which is what I do, on facebook.com slash groups slash erasable, you can find our 24-7 group of pencil and stationary folks for literally constant discussions of pencils and various notebooks and things like that. So thank you for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes, Overcast. Give us good reviews. That's awesome. Then we'll start posting every five days when the reviews are awesome. (laughs) You can quote us on that. So thanks for tuning in. Good night. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.